0: It's uh, the host of your favorite new horror movie review podcast, Uncle Ben. And who's that on the other end of this Skype call?
1: Hollywood, Steven Spratling.
0: Oh, Hollywood, Steve. How's things been over there in them Hollywood hills of Los Angeles? You know, uh,
1: I don't really, I don't think I've been to Hollywood in uh, a couple weeks. Bullshit. Uh, I can tell you how uh, Koreatown, Silver Lake, and Los Feliz are doing. Ha <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've heard that Silver Lake is just full of the of the gluten-free.
1: Yeah, Silver Lake is um is pretty hipster. It's uh there's a dog park there though that uh, we go to pretty often. Um it
0: it's, it's a nice
1: area. Uh,
0: That's first- I like things that are nice.
1: Yeah, it didn't used to be uh the nicest area, but it, it's uh there's still houses when you drive through there that it's like, "Whoa!" like because the houses around there um, are now valuable, but there's still some that are kind of run down. And it's like, man, uh, whoever owns that is either like dragging their feet or really waiting
0: for the, the property values to go up. <laughs> They're just dragging the curve down in general, just trying to keep real estate prices yeah. from getting too terribly high.
1: Yeah. I live in Koreatown, which I love. There's so much good food in Koreatown. Oh, um, God. Do you, do you just like chow on a bulgogi on the daily? no actually uh we live in a hispanic part of koreatown and there. <laughs> what a crossing of cultures it's great we we live near um we live uh closer to like uh rampart village echo park area and um the the food around here is great there is there is great korean food there's also great uh pakistani uh really good taco trucks and just taco uh
0: uh shopping carts I like to imagine that in Koreatown there is the Mexican section that also has a Pakistani section.
1: Koreatown is 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 a big uh, salad bowl. It is not a melting pot. It is it a is salad bowl
0: mishmash. Yeah, it's and, great. I love it, and it's better for it. Yeah, for real. God knows the food is fucking better for it because American food sucks dick.
1: <laughs> I love me some. Uh... Some, uh, you know, uh, French fries, some hamburgers, pizza. Those are American
0: foods. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Things have been good out here in Tennessee, man. It's It's been getting that good old June humidity going on. It's starting to get good oh, and, humid yeah. and stuff here. It's oh, starting that's to feel pretty great. Good. I like it when it's a little humid. I know that, dude, people complain about it in the South. Like, oh, the humidity. But to me, it makes it like easier to breathe.
1: Yeah, you wake up in the morning on those those real, like, humid early summer days, and it's just perfect. It's yeah. so great.
0: I think it's awesome, so it's been good, and the other day I had the immense pleasure of, uh, of playing guitar at a wedding of a good friend, my good buddy uh, Gabe Crisp from the band White Chapel. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, he was getting hitched up to his beautiful girl, Karina, and... Uh, they asked me to play guitar at their wedding so I brought my man Phil Sandifer along from my band Far Far Away we have our little Uh acoustic duo that we do which is called Mild Stallions (laughs) (laughs) so fucking awesome oh man coming in mild be pretty great to each other yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and the crowd goes mild. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, it was fine. And we uh, we turned that we turned that fucking wedding into damn boneroo. I, I looked out there while people were getting seated. The grandparents yeah. were bouncing beach balls around. I don't even know where those came from.
1: Were people drunkenly shouting boneroo? My boneroo uh-huh. experience was that uh, people drunkenly shout boneroo <laughs> like. It's pretty great. Um, I, I actually enjoyed Bonnaroo. I'm not a big concert person. I believe I've told you before that the concerts I have seen the most involved you. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Hey. I mean, if you're gonna go, go all out. Yeah. Which is also true of you. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I've been to most of my concerts than anybody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't. I don't. Kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I I don't uh, I say if it's too loud, turn it down. I'm an old man. Uh, I wear <laughs> I wear um, earplugs to every yes. concert I go to. Here's um, something
0: that might strike some of our viewers that know me as a, a rock and roller and heavy metaler kind of funny. I uh, well, for one, I also wear earplugs at every band practice, every rehearsal, every mm-hmm. concert, every concert I play, every concert I ever go to. I always wear earplugs, always. It's and a responsible uh, thing to do. I mean, it's just smart. Also, yeah. I hate loud noises. <laughs> Me too. Dude. I do. Like, I fucking hate them. Like, to the it's extent... So... Dude, it's to the extent dude. that, like, I will I will mix something with a fork yeah. or a wooden spoon in a bowl for, like, 30 minutes rather than get out a hand mixer and turn it on. Because it's just so fucking loud it's and It's so annoying.
1: loud, yeah. Uh, We're <laughs> Two dudes who love metal, love punk... Don't like loud noises. Mm-mm.
0: And I'll be real with you, man, like most all most all heavy metal concerts seriously are a bunch of racket. Like if you don't know the yeah. songs, they just sound like noise. They would benefit from being turned down about fifty decibels. I know that a lot of average, you know, music listeners, they want to go to a show and feel their clothes moving from the audio and stuff, but it's like really it doesn't sound very good there's there's exceptions of course there's several heavy metal bands that sound incredible live but Mm -hmm. most of the time they would benefit from turning the fuck down
1: yeah agreed (laughs) now that's the old man section of our podcast
0: (laughs) now the next thing we're going to talk about is where there's originals
1: (laughs) yeah and staying off my damn lawn
0: like seriously (laughs) yeah but you know what the movie that we're going to be talking about today actually does feature the good old classic bowl, coffee table bowl of sugary hard candies that are all stuck together. It does feature some oh, of that. Oh man, so that's somewhat of a transition.
1: Did do you did you have a grandparent or anyone growing up who had
0: just a bowl of, of dusty hard candies? I did. They had the old yeah. traditional glass bowl of like, wow. um, you know, like the ribbon candies mm. and stuff like this. That yeah. Were all yeah. It, they'd all be different colors. And you'd think maybe yeah. this one will be lemon. And you try it and it's like, nope, it's just sugar. Just sugar. Yeah. My great
1: grandmother uh, who died oh, a few years back, she she made it uh, pretty long. Um, she had this. It was like a green glass bowl she collected a, a lot of strange color glasses uh which apparently are valuable i didn't know that like depression but, glasses yeah yeah she had this green glass bowl that i swear my cousins and i would always be like i think that's the same candy from last year like oh you know <laughs> it was dude yeah it would have dust on it like Ugh. <laughs> like that's that was an expectation back in the day was that you'd have uh, you know some uh a different colored but same tasting candies just out on your table
0: <laughs> well she was saving them for the war effort
1: yeah that's probably true yeah for the, for the war effort you mm-hmm. leave them out for the boys in blue <laughs> <laughs> cuz when the boys in blue come down your chimney to bring your war bonds they want candy no, this i is remember all that convoluted. <laughs> yeah no that's no that's the tale yeah i remember that That's I remember there was a fireside chat with FDR and he told that story.
0: Oh, (laughs) have you been, uh, have you been watching any good flicks or anything lately, Steve?
1: Oh my gosh. I, um, I have been on a tear recently just watching a lot of stuff. Um, and I don't know why I haven't had just particular time to be watching stuff, but, uh, uh, I've had, I put tremors on the other day, Mm -hmm. um, If you've never seen Tremors or any of the direct-to-video sequels, you owe it to yourself. Tremors is a good old redneck fun time monster movie. Um, I'll
0: tell you this, Steve. I've never watched them.
1: You know what? Uh, Check it out. The first one's got Kevin Bacon, and the town uh, says you can't dance anymore or something. No way. Yeah, they said, the, uh, yeah. Does he the also turn
0: into Hollow Man?
1: Yeah, the town says you can't dance. He turns invisible and he dances up a storm and the big sandworm. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> And then he gets an arrow through his throat.
1: Yep. <laughs> That's Kevin Bacon. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, speaking, though, of uh, Arrow Through the Throat, I've been watching some Tom Savini movies, too. I watched uh, The Prowler. Yes, and, I love that uh, one, man. Yeah, I watched The Prowler and uh, watched The Burning on your recommendation. Fuck um,
0: yes. Okay, did you like The Burning? Uh,
1: yes. The Burning, uh, have you seen
0: Wet Hot American Summer? No. Oh, wait, wait, Do wait. You not. That's the new one, the funny one, right?
1: Uh, Wet Hot American Summer has Ken Marino, a, a ton of different people. It's uh, uh, David Wayne, uh, Michael Showalter, like a, a ton of people. So great. I've watched the series, but I've not seen the movie. Well, the series is amazing, but check out the movie. Okay. Um, uh, that is very obviously influenced by The Burning and, uh, Sleepaway Camp. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm totally on board then. Yeah. So, like, (laughs) um, I really do like The Burning. I, (laughs) it's just in the same way as Sleepaway Camp, like, so much, like, crude, stupid humor that, like, tells you, like, makes you, doesn't make you laugh, but tells you more about the characters you're dealing with, about how, like, their minds work and how, like, you know, teenage or sex-obsessed, etc. they are. Oh, yeah. Um, and then just great special effects. Like, yes. Tom Savini is so amazing. So, you know,
0: he, he turned down doing uh, Friday the 13th Part 2 to do yeah. that movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I really want to do it on the show sometime because it it is one of my favorite camp slashers. Yeah. I, as you know, I am a sucker for a camp slasher. That's one of my favorite kind of subgenres of movies. So it's it's also got, it's got George Costanza in it. Yeah,
1: and uh, his Ass. Yeah, and uh, Fisher Stevens is in it. Um, Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Yeah, uh, another uh, a few other recognizable faces like. Um, mm-hmm. A, a real low budget movie that uh, I I was surprised when you told me about it that I hadn't seen it as a young man, uh, but it's 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 good, it's fun. And the Prowler
0: is pretty cool too. It's not really a super exciting movie, but the kills no, are really the good. Kills the kills are kills great. Are, yeah, dude, that Pitchfork kill in the shower stall. Oh,
1: that was brutal. brutal. That actress, that actress played that so well because she sounded. She's not just screaming at the top of her lungs. She sounds like genuinely panicked.
0: Yeah, and she's like grabbing onto the pitchfork and stuff. Yeah, as it's like stuck yeah. in her and shit. It's awesome. Yeah,
1: that was a that was a really good kill
0: scene. <laughs> really yeah. enjoyed that. There's several in there. That's that's a pretty fun watch. Uh, again, maybe not the most thrilling. There's some glaring holes in the story and stuff too. But oh yeah, it's worth got watching problems. for Savini's work. Yeah. What have you been up to, Ben? I've mostly been watching a bunch of different. Um, a bunch of different T V series. There's kind of too much stuff online yeah. streaming right now. So we just watched so much good stuff, yeah. Oh man. We just watched the newest episode of Handmaid's Tale, which was really fucking awesome. That series has been killer. It's on uh yeah. Hulu. It's been Hulu, fantastic. Yeah. We just watched the newest episode of that, which I think it's maybe the second to last episode. And then after that we watched the last episode of the new uh newest Kimmy Schmidt season, season three. Oh yeah. Which was hilarious, <laughs> it's fucking so Gosh, funny. Gosh, season man. three
1: was so good. It was so good.
0: Yes, it ramped up the weirdness to like eleven, and it's fucking great. I really enjoy it. And we started watching Master of None, which has been great so far. We're maybe two or three in, not super deep, but okay. I really enjoyed it, and I'm trying to get through that. That way, we can start watching Orange Is the New Black. I really just need to, like, take time off from work to watch TV. To watch
1: TV, yeah.
0: (laughs) It's important.
1: There's a really good uh, Portlandia sketch, which I I think is based more in how fucking awesome Battlestar Galactica is, but it's basically that. Uh, They quit their jobs to watch Battlestar Galactica. Awesome. Um, My wife loves a B-Star G. I've never watched it. Oh, my God. I've never watched it. Watch it. What is wrong with you? Stop your life. Just go right now.
0: I was homeschooled Well, this week, one of the main things, the most important things that we watched is a little old talkie directed, written, and edited by Ty West by the name of The House of the Devil which came out, what, 2009, right?
1: Um, yes, it was 2009 October 30th, 2009 even Oh, shit the day before Halloween.
0: Halloween Eve. <laughs> I love this movie.
1: I do too. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this movie. Huge fan of Ty West in general. Um, uh, the I actually wanted to watch. He, he has a movie that's more recent, In a Valley of Violence. I, I wanted to watch that before we got to this. So I don't I know the com- uh, it's, it's a, a western it's what? got John Travolta and Ethan Hawke. What um, the fuck? Yeah, it's it uh, has good reviews. I'm very interested in seeing it because it's again love Ty West. Um, wow,
0: I didn't even know about that. That's cool. He's getting to work with such big names.
1: Yeah, it is really cool. Um, he did The Innkeepers after this. Have mm-hmm. you, you've seen The Innkeepers? Obviously, I've seen right? The
0: Innkeepers a couple of times. I like it. It's not as I'm, good as as House of the
1: Devil is, but I like it. I'm a big fan of the tension that builds throughout Innkeepers. Really, really good tension for me. Also directed *The Sacrament*, which is amazing. I, I haven't really watched that yet. Um, it's he, about a cult or uh, something in it. Yeah, it's uh, uh there's uh, I mean, I there's no way to spoil this. Uh, this it's based off the Jim Jones cult. Oh shit. So, uh if you know Jim Jones and know what happened with that, then you know what's going to happen in this,
0: but watch it. It's so good. He also directed a segment on one of the VHS things and I think his first major yeah. major motion picture was Cabin Fever 2, which he has since kind of disavowed and taken his name off of. He's apparently not stoked about that. Yeah, it didn't have the control that
1: uh probably should have. Um Uh, He also has a movie called The Roost, which my wife and I tried to watch. It's on Showtime. Mm -hmm. Um, It's his first one, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like it's shot on a uh, Motorola Razor flip phone. And it's slow. And, uh, I mean, you know, watch it if you want to, but uh, it's not great. But maybe I don't
0: instead. Maybe you don't instead, yeah. Well, the um, main the main topic of the House of the Devil is uh, long story short, satanic cults.
1: Yeah, Samantha Hughes. She's a young college student. Uh, she she is looking to get out of a bad roommate situation, and she find, yeah she's she finds a house to rent for three hundred dollars a month. Uh, if if your parents I'm, I'm assuming anyone listening Is not much over 45 uh, If your parents are ever Wondering why it was that you couldn't Just get a summer job and pay for a car And a house and six babies etc uh, It's because rent Was $300 in the 80's And <laughs> Minimum wage was about the same As it is today So anyway uh, So she needs to come up with first month's rent um and she she needs 300 bucks she doesn't have a job and she sees a babysitter wanted advertisement
0: she calls satanic cult <laughs> and on the subject of satanic cults before we get into this steve i want to spend a yeah. second here and take a little quiz with you oh yeah and find out which weird cult we should join now this is a BuzzFeed quiz titled Which Weird Cult Should You Join? So you can find this on BuzzFeed and take it along with us. Now,
1: and it's 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 written, it says here by a man named Dan Meth. Dan Meth. Yeah, I don't know if that's a real person.
0: You know, <laughs> I doubt it. I tend to I tend to think it's not. So we're going to take this quiz and find out a little bit about ourselves and what kind of cult it is that we would join. Right, I've, um, okay, yeah, I got a pretty good idea. Alright, alright, well, our first question here is to choose a leader to follow. Now, there's, these are probably people who I should know who they are. I don't think so, I think they're just names applied
1: to random pictures.
0: <laughs> alright, <laughs> a, a see, like, the first The first one here is Robert, who looks like a politician of some sort.
1: He's got, a, like, a, um i don't know maybe an italian prime minister vibe
0: yeah he's got that kind of thing going he's got those scorsese
1: eyebrows there's good old reverend buh who looks like if bill maher uh were to get caught saying the n-word again huh?
0: <laughs> am i right guys that's he exactly. does kind of look like that too um, The third choice norman looks like stephen wilson of prog band porcupine tree so that's pretty <laughs> acceptable <laughs>
1: uh the fourth one is lucifer so you know you've yeah, heard that him.
0: guy father Ravag, veg who just kind of looks like well somebody some some old guy who ended up at bonnaroo i guess
1: yeah yeah or a transient and uh number six is sizzler hmm. which is uh the restaurant the restaurant um, sizzler yeah uh ben who you gonna choose to follow here i might follow myself down to a sizzler i like to get a bite I'm going to follow Lucifer, Ben, because <laughs> of all the people
0: listed, uh, he's the only one I trust. <laughs> he'll probably give you great things like the taste of butter and uh, yeah, he'll yeah, help you live deliciously. Sizzler yeah. will help you live somewhat adequately. <laughs> yeah,
1: Sizzler, live somewhat adequately.
0: <laughs> now, our second question here is choose a deity to worship, and our first choice here is The higher one, which looks like a gray, an alien.
1: Yeah. Uh, The next one is greed,
0: which we all understand. Yeah. Third one is Norman. Again, C. Stephen Wilson of Porcupine Tree. (laughs) There's a lot of people I know that do worship him.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, The next one is, of course, sustenance uh, and just some pictures of vegetables. Now, when I think of sustenance, I don't think of uh,
0: shredded carrots, but, you know, whatever. I don't think there's beer in there. Nope. Next option would be Satan, ref- uh, represented by the good old Baphomet imagery. And our last choice here is the Mother Sphere, good old planet Earth. Where, who are you going to cho- choose here, Steven? Well, um, uh,
1: as I picked Lucifer before, I should pick Satan now, but I don't like to be told what to do, so I'm going to go with the higher one.
0: Yeah, you're going to go with Mr. Alien, huh? Yeah, old Alien himself. I'm gonna choose the one, the only one that I know that I sprang from, which is the Mother Sphere, good old planet Oh Earth. snap! That good old flat disk floating along through <laughs> oh, space. god!
1: Fuck you, Fuck Kyrie me. Irving. Fuck you, Shaq. Fuck anybody who thinks the Earth's flat.
0: All right, where, where are we at <laughs> next, here, Steve?
1: Uh, choose an afterlife. Um, the first one is Planet Flossy. Which looks like um, a gaseous planet of some sort with neon that's green planet, clouds. That's planet Mormon, isn't it? Oh, no, no, no. You're thinking, of course, of Kolob, which is closest <laughs> to where God resides.
0: <laughs> After this, we have generic heaven, which has a cloudy stairway up to the clouds looking like you know a generic heaven.
1: Yeah. Um, then, of course, we have the dark paradise, which... Um, has a lot of thorns and doesn't seem as much like paradise as one might think it looks like a pokey
0: place yeah it's very pokey (laughs) after this we have crystalline reincarnation which is an image of a butterfly I don't don't exactly know what that means
1: I guess you you enter into a chrysalis of death and you reemerge as a higher being I gotcha The next one is, of course, shrimp martyrdom, as we've all heard that you could always become a shrimp and be eaten uh, in in mice by a whale or something. I don't know. Uh,
0: Now, here's the question: Is like, I love eating shrimp. I could eat shrimp forever. Yeah, but but could I be a shrimp? Hard pass.
1: Um, Ben, I don't think you could because you're swole. (laughs) swole
0: and our our last option here is dead inside a monument to oneself which sounds very self-referential
1: it does now uh, Ben (laughs) I'm going to pick Crystalline Reincarnation because I've always uh, wanted to enter into a cocoon and and come out
0: with uh, butterfly wings that's why
1: (laughs) I got that tramp
0: stamp I think there's, there's there's clubs out there in Silver Lake where you can do that. No, oh, yeah, no. Well, they're in West Hollywood. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which, <laughs> as we've established, you don't go out to. Oh, it's too far away. I mean, I'm gonna choose Planet Flassy just for the adventure of it. Just to be like, what what could be out there. What kind yeah. of bold new gases and vegetables and beers might they have out that way?
1: Yeah, just as I've learned with all BuzzFeed quizzes, there's only one of these questions that really matter. So Clearly. I hope Planet Flossy
0: will really get us something new. I hope so. <laughs> now, our next question that we hear, have here is choose a symbol, which is, I guess, a, a holy icon. And the first one here is the all-seeing eye ira- amid. Kind of like the the all-seeing above the pyramid on the on the currency that we use.
1: Yeah. Then, of course, we have the Great Tong, which mm-hmm. I assume has to do with Pastafarianism. I'm not positive Uh-oh. on that.
0: that. That makes sense. Um, I hate I have to pronounce this one. The Vlega Yintra, which looks like a yin-yang.
1: Yeah. Uh, then, of course, there's the Pentagram, which we'll talk about in the
0: not-too-distant future. Fucking metal. Then we have Norman, a.k.a. Stephen Wilson <laughs> from, from Porcupine Tree. And then the Quasar
1: on. I don't know it's what like that is. an eclipse is. or something. Yeah, or a Quasar.
0: <laughs> it looks like um, an, a
1: Quasar eclipse is what it looks like.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go Pentagram because metal.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fucking metal. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Norman just for
0: fun. <laughs> Give Stephen Wilson some love. Yeah. He produced no. Blackwater Park by Opeth, and that is a hell of a fucking album. Let's choose a
1: dress code, Ben. Uh, All right. Would, would you like to dress in a shroud?
0: I don't think I would. It seems like it would just be very, uh, very stifling.
1: Now, generally when I play RPGs, I end up playing uh, stealth archer. So mm-hmm. shroud seems seems great to me. But let's, let's
0: keep reading. We got a pastel prairie dress, which looks like a still from uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, then we have a foil mega wave refractor, which is of course
0: <laughs> aluminum foil on your head—the classic foil hat. Mm-hmm. We have the most expensive suit in the world. Oh
1: shit, Mormon style. Yeah. Uh, then of course we have Old Navy, and then it just has a picture of an overweight couple wearing bad clothes.
0: <laughs> I Don't get that. Which I resent tremendously because I think I'm wearing a pair of old navy shorts right now. Oh yeah, I got I got <laughs> some old navy clothes. I have a lot of old navy clothes. Yeah, yeah, for reals. But, but I'm not cool. And then our last option is nude.
1: Oh man. Okay. Well, <laughs> I do love nude uh, when I'm alone at home. But yeah. uh, out in the world, uh, I. <sighs> I'm going to have to go with the most expensive suit in the world. I love wearing suits.
0: You do look dapper in one. I, I, I do. You know what? Honestly, I'm probably going to go Old Navy because I kind of already do.
1: <laughs> now, final question, Ben. Let's choose a lifestyle. Number one, orgies. Mm, mm. Now, you're, you're, you're a guitarist, so you already live this lifestyle.
0: Does this mean playing in the band Orgy and playing Stitches and Blue Monday at every concert? Yeah. Yep. Blue Monday. Every concert. (laughs) No matter how
1: sad you look when you play it.
0: Oh, man. Their bass player was always, like, a little too fat to be goth, and it made me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Study the Teachings of Babylon 5. Not a Bad Life. Um, Mm. We have, of course, Singing About Norman. Gosh, Norman, Norman, we've talked about before. He gets around. We've got closed-door conferences. Looks like a bunch of important white men talking about white men stuff.
1: <laughs> yep, like, how do we keep uh, black people down, and why do women ever get to talk? Yeah. Um, yeah. um All-you-can-eat buffets mm. seems to go with Sizzler. Mmm, and our last choice here is making death happen. Very metal. <laughs> That's metal as fuck. Uh, I'm going to go with studying the
0: teachings of Babylon 5, Ben. Yeah, was that your jam back in the day of Babylon 5?
1: Uh, no, actually, I've only seen a couple of episodes of... Episodes? Episodes. Episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> episodes of Babylon 5, uh, which is what made me want to study the teachings.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've seen you've seen enough to know that you want to know more. Yeah. I'm going to go all-you-can-eat buffet. Now... Here's the thing: is what I wonder about is what kind of a buffet it is. Because the thing is, is if I go, if I get there, and it's Shoney's, I'll fucking kill myself. I'll off myself early.
1: <laughs> but what if? Hold on now. Wait a second.
0: Now what if Jeff Foxworthy's there? No, 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 no. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'll kill him, then kill myself.
1: You might be a redneck if you don't know what honeydew is on the Shoney's buffet. <laughs>
0: I would, I I would ram a whole honeydew down his throat, and then kill myself if my eternity was a Shoney's buffet. Like, here's a fun fact about Uncle Ben. Uh-huh. If you want to see me spiral, and uh-huh. I mean like, John Elway quarterback toss <laughs> throw spiral nerf football turbo spiral uh-huh. into an endless depression, right. all you need to do, well, I mean, really, there's two steps to this. <laughs> take me to Shoney's yeah, and then make them play Beach Boys over the stereo. Oh, my God. It's done. Wha- <laughs> yep. Yep. It actually flips my self-destruct switch.
1: But if you want to reverse that, take you to Waffle House and play any of the Waffle House themed songs on the jukebox. Absolutely. Especially
0: the, one, especially the one that Sturgill Simpson wrote. Yeah. Awesome. Then I'm revived. That's yeah. like the source of my powers. Now, Ben, what did you get? I, uh, let's see. I didn't actually click it yet. All-You-Can-Eat Buffets. Now, I, <laughs> I got the Church of Sizzlerology. <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> I want to hear more. Formed in 1958, the Church of Sizzlerology began with a single church, and by the mid-80s, had nearly 1,000 locations all over North America. Since then, its numbers have reduced and have filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in 1997. Aww. The the religious rituals include the Song of Gluttony, Going for Seconds, and the Purging of the Shrimp. I think these are my people. I might have just found my calling. Yeah, that sounds about right. Now, I got the Order of
1: Andromedan uh, Residence, which was founded by failed science fiction screenwriter Mitchell Cowan, a.k.a. Bu, in 1973, Oh um, shit. Why that was does, that guy that was
0: up there on the list? Yeah,
1: what is up with failed science fiction writers becoming uh, cult leaders? Wow. Um, this cult believes that our souls can be saved from the impending destruction of Earth by the removal of reproductive organs and only eating blue food products. Oh, God. Cowan also forces forces members to watch Babylon 5 episodes for four hours a day, believing that it is a holy scripture describing our rescue by extraterrestrial saviors.
0: Huh. I mean, how accurate do you think that is? Um you know what all of that kind of got me um
1: (laughs) i would uh i would say if there were an andromedon residence uh recruiter near my house right now knocking on doors i'd I'd probably invite him in yeah
0: (laughs) see what he has to say
1: about it yeah um let's hear more about these uh forced Babylon five watching sessions
0: yeah maybe i'll learn a little bit more about that
1: and where is david miscavige's wife
0: (laughs) i just i do want to know more about what kind of buffet it that is i'm going to if it is a sizzler buffet my my life will be a little bit on the sad side i could definitely Mm. live on an indian buffet oh Um, yeah that's the best a pizza buffet also gets real good to me um what about a high class vegas
1: buffet with like uh lobster and and steak and uh, bone marrow and sea urchin and all of the things you can imagine.
0: I could probably find my way around that just fine. I yeah. could probably <laughs> subside on that just <laughs> fine. What if champagne was included? I'm gonna tell you what, man. Champagne is fucking great. I agree with that. Yeah. I'm I'm having a harder and harder time finding anything that it doesn't go well with. Mm, so... I had half a bottle with, with, with breakfast the other day. It was great
1: yeah no that's uh that's a good way to go about your day honestly half a bottle of champagne for breakfast uh fifth of bourbon for lunch uh (laughs) top it off with about six martinis and neglect your children
0: oh you're talking about the uh the madman diet
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty great right not a lot of responsibility and for some reason you get paid a whole lot of money (laughs) And you're extremely handsome. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, today we're going to be spending uh, a good part of our episode here talking about The House of the Devil, or as it's known by its alternate title, The Babysitter's Diary, Volume 666. Yeah. I loved (laughs) that one. Oh, my God. (laughs) This movie, I mean, really, honestly, kind of like what you were saying earlier, you could sum it up. In, in really one or two sentences, a a college girl is desperate to get a place outside of her dorm. She takes a babysitting job. It turns out to be a little shady. And she winds up being a part of a satanic cult ritual. Yeah. That's basically all there is to it. It is an extremely simple plot. And hmm. it revealed itself to me in terms of its simplicity by the fact that this is the fewest pages of notes I've ever taken on any of the movies that we've ever done. I have I have one page of notes front and back.
1: Yeah, I uh, actually took very few notes myself, uh, but I do have a lot of notes on the Satanic Panic
0: that is mentioned oh. in the opening title card. That's something I want to know more about. Yeah, and the, it, during the intro there, there's a title card that says during the 1980s, you know, something like 70 or 80% of Americans believed that Satanic cults were alive and real and sacrificing people, and it was covered up and yada yada. Yeah. Now, here's the thing,
1: um, if you look up Satanic Panic, uh, one of the first results you'll get on Google is the Wikipedia page, but what the Wikipedia page is, is Satanic Ritual Abuse. Oh, shit. This is something I find, uh, troubling, Mm. because the page itself is titled satanic ritual abuse the first four paragraphs of the introduction talk about what satanic ritual abuse is it is not until the end of the fourth paragraph that they mention that it's not a real thing and it never happened
0: huh yeah so like there's never been any documented cases of this
1: There have never been any documented cases of what would be considered satanic ritual abuse. There have been documented cases of people killing in the name of Satan. Those people are generally insane. Richard Ramirez, uh, Ricky Mm -hmm. Cass. Shout out to our friends at Say You Love Satan. Um, Hey. Hey. (laughs) Ricky Cass. uh, there, There are people who have claimed to kill in the name of Satan, but there there have never been there's never been any proof of any large-scale satanic organizations uh molesting children killing children killing virgins etc however
0: hang on hang on hang on uh uh-huh pizzagate but her email steve
1: yes This is exactly why this movie is so fucking important And why what I'm saying right now is important This is fucking (laughs) Pizzagate This is the Ah. bullshit we get caught up in, people This shit was the late 80s and early 90s When it really was going For seven years A small Uh, a babysitting Uh, area What are they called? What is that called? A daycare A small daycare was caught up for seven years in the most expensive trial in american history it led mm. to zero convictions but included allegations such as the children saw uh chuck norris was one of their child molesters uh <laughs> oh. they were flushed they were flushed down a toilet to a secret room um things like what? they saw they saw a uh, Animal sacrifices, including the sacrifice of a giraffe and an elephant. Whoa, getting exotic. And fucking adults. Adults heard these things and pursued them for seven years. They're like, that sounds plausible. Yeah, not only were there the uh, daycare centers and various church groups that were accused of large-scale satanic ritual abuse... But there were like uh, the 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 one I was just talking about. There were no convictions, but there were actual convictions in these cases, never relating to satanic ritual abuse. Always relating to some crime they found, just on the periphery of of you know investigating the people involved with these church groups and Hmm. uh, daycares. But there were also the West Memphis three who in 1993, three young boys who liked metal music and uh, D&D were convicted of killing three children, that uh, there was no evidence that they did anything. No. The mm. only evidence was that they listened to metal music and played D&D. Like, yeah, and, only bias. 14 years they spent in prison based Fuck off up. of this, this bullshit that for some reason on wikipedia is listed as satanic ritual abuse and the fact that it's fake is not talked about for four paragraphs like um that is crazy yeah we live in this insane world where information can be so twisted that someone shows up at a pizza place in dc with a gun thinking that there are children being molested in a basement that doesn't even exist Jeez, man!
0: And that's that's the thing about this movie is it says that it is based, it says it's based on true events, but it's really it's really not based on any particular true no, events. Yeah,
1: yeah nothing um, like this has ever occurred. But that's that's like just like with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like you totally. set up the idea that this is based on true events, and it semi is just like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, semi based on Ed Gein. But you can distort it. Like, that's the fun of totally. horror, but it's actually become true of facts now. Um, <laughs> like, yes. people are now willing to just say, well, facts are bendable. We can do what
0: we want with them. And the biggest thing about this movie is that it is 100% in terms of feel and look and sound and aesthetic and even physical media. yeah. Like, you know, somebody was searching around the vaults of of, of MGM or Time Warner or whatever, yeah. and they dusted off some movie from 1981 or 1983, and they're like, The House of the Devil? What is this? We never even published this. And then they yeah. just went out and published it. This movie, in every possible way, feels like it came out in 1983. It is... Um, yeah. It was shot on 16 millimeter film, which was kind of the standard for low budget movies back then. The slow burn feel, the fact that it is—I'm not going to say entirely, but mostly—pretty unknown actors, with the exception of uh, Dee Wallace and Tom Noonan. Yeah. Um. Other than that, it's pretty much mostly unknown actors and actresses yeah. throughout this movie. Uh, the pace of the movie, the feel of it, the title cards, the soundtrack, everything—just you would never think that this was made in 2009. Yeah,
1: it looks so 80s, and some of the actors, obviously uh, Greta Gerwig and uh, Lena Dunham, have moved on and and done more things. But at the time, sure. this is yeah, just uh, it's it's filled with old horror actors. It's filled with people who who have been in these old horror movies and this tom noonan who is just one of the most intimidating presences in anything he's in because he has that eerily calm voice but yeah. he's also and that that very
0: that very sympathetic face yeah he's a, he's got that gentle giant thing yeah
1: he's six foot five and intimidating god he's, man yeah so, um, and Tom Noonan actually does the intro to The Roost, that movie I talked about earlier. So, oh, really? Yeah. If you want to see some Tom Noonan, it's it's certainly worth that. But um, yeah, this movie is is very much an '80s movie, and it it looks back
0: to it looks back to movies like uh, Rosemary's Baby and The Omen. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, man, and that's something about this flick that drew me in right away as soon as i started watching this i was like oh man this i get this movie this movie gets me it it understand it's totally made for people that like the kind of movies that i like i like those old school slow burning it's all about suspense it's all about fear and intimidation and just waiting for the other shoe to drop you know
1: yeah i i kept track and uh up up In this movie is is about an hour and a half with then you know about seven minutes of credits, but um, up until an hour into the movie, there's only only been like creepy things that have occurred. Yeah. At about an hour into the movie, we finally um, we finally see what's going on in the house. I I mean, uh, her her friend had been killed, but we
0: don't associate that with the house necessarily. Right, and you know, in terms of the 80s tone and stuff, I feel like this movie really, it is not a pastiche of 80s movies, like, if if somebody now made a new horror movie that was set in the 80s and was supposed to feel like an 80s movie, you'd expect it to look like, you know, fucking Saved by the Bell or something. Everybody's wearing neon colors and has crazy teased hair and... And all that kind of jazz. It's not like that at all. It's almost more like, to put it into context of something that everybody has seen, it's a lot more like Stranger Things, where yeah, when you watch Stranger Things, you know, that series, of course, was set in the 80s, but everything wasn't neon. You had a lot of leftover, yeah. um, you know, house furnishing and cars and clothes and stuff left over from the late 70s. So everything wasn't... Uh, it didn't look like a damn white snake video is what I'm saying yeah you know there
1: is this uh there's this really weird occurrence in the 80s my wife and I watch a lot of uh old 80s um, game shows and mm-hmm. there's this there's this weird occurrence where it's like the 80s were like the 70s and then the 90s like there there mm-hmm. was no Real '80s period, like people were still dressing kind of like the '70s, and then suddenly it was like, uh, you know, Lycra and and neon and uh, you know uh, IOU shirts and and like uh, big like gelled hair and shit. Like everything just sort of like switched overnight. Yeah, kind of left over there. And this is this is part of that early '80s feel where. Uh, There's still feathered hair, right? Everything's still a little '70s, but we're we're into the era of answering machines, um, Walkmans, yeah, Walkmans and stuff like that, yeah. And and I love the fact that those things get their own focus. Like answering machines play into this movie throughout, as does uh, the Walkman Payphones and everything. Yeah, pay phones, things like that. Um, so the the eighties feel to this movie isn't like a nostalgic like it, it, oh it's mm-hmm. nostalgic, but it's not like a it's not like a blind nostalgia where you're just throwing all of the eighties into one movie. They're they're looking at a very specific time, which right. is this nice early eighties. I think it's supposed to be set in Michigan, is that right? I thought Connecticut or something or is Connecticut? what I read somewhere okay. in there, so yeah. It's, it's in 1983. Set, yeah, we're not talking about New York City or L.A. in the, the 80s, so the fashion's always going to be a little behind, the hairstyles are always going to be a little behind, etc. Right. Yeah. So our, our main character is Samantha Hughes, played by Jocelyn Donahue, who is fucking awesome. She is yeah. so good.
0: Um, She's fucking awesome. And I said it on my Instagram page, and I'll say it again. She should have played in the new fucking Suspiria remake. I yeah. don't know why she was not cast for that part immediately. Yeah, she would be perfect. Been in fucking yeah,
1: absolutely. Um we have her and we also have Greta Gerwig who plays her friend Megan. Um mm-hmm. and and the their scenes Megan is interesting because uh we learn so much about Megan and we don't learn a ton about Samantha.
0: Yeah, it's true. She's a lot more reserved kind of character and stuff, and Megan's a lot more big and loud. Megan,
1: Megan is big. She's loud. She's a consumer. If you pay attention to that uh, pizza uh, scene, every time it cuts to her, she is like chomping on pizza or slurping on Coke. Uh, she yeah. she is she is a consumer. She is taking stuff in. She's big. She's loud. Like she's she doesn't care uh to to like get out there in the world we also learned that she's rich uh right. her family's rich etc
0: right which is something i don't think i noticed until i watched it this time is that i think i'd miss those lines where she was like oh you know if you can't make the money don't worry about it my parents got yeah. you back and she drives i think that's something that threw me off is she's driving a volvo which at the time would have been a new car it's like i look at it and i'm like that's an old model volvo and it's like yeah you know, <laughs> not in fucking 1983 it's not it's a brand like new car
1: the 80s or something
0: yeah exactly right it's like me or something
1: <laughs> are you a volvo are is that is that your uh, your
0: make i haven't checked under the hood maybe i'll pop that thing and yeah. see. <laughs> see,
1: see what's going on under there
0: see if i'm the safest human on the road <laughs> and really i mean other than those two other than samantha and uh megan right we pretty much just have the people from the house, which is the Allman family. It's a yeah. really small cast movie. I really, um, I find over and over that a lot of my favorite movies and especially a lot of my favorite horror movies are ones with very small casts. Like you yeah. know, flicks that have like four or five people, like the shining has like mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, basically has like five people in it, you know? Yeah. yeah the,
1: the thing is that, if, if there are enough people, you feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel... Uh, the thing. There's always a backup plan. Yeah, the thing in this is that um, I guess they're uh, our two people, the two people we know, and then they're the, uh, the other people we get introduced to who we're uh, wary of immediately. Like, there's already some weirdness because she... She called about the babysitting job, and then she was supposed to meet him somewhere. He didn't show up, and um, he calls her later and leaves a message. She calls back, and there's just this sort of, like, confusion about, like, you know, what's going on with them, and then when she gets there, he never really... He he describes, first off, that he was lying to her. He tells her that she's not going to be babysitting so much as taking care of his, his mother, Right. Uh, but she's apparently easy to take care of. And then also, uh, we discover, like, we don't know what's going on with them. Like, they keep talking cryptically. Uh, Vincent is is Tom Noonan, and uh, Vivian is his wife. Um, and they, they, they talk very cryptically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things they say always seem to have more meaning to them, that, like, you're not really sure what they're saying, but... Also, they're offering her $400 to stay for one night with his mom, who is apparently easy to take care of, so it's it's like, okay, I can see why you would do that, (laughs) even if they are creepy.
0: Yeah, and you get the impression, too, that she is really, really desperate for this money. And again, doing this podcast is so fun, because I watch movies with a critical eye that I don't watch them with when I'm just sitting down and watching them. You know what I mean? Because I'm watching these yeah. movies like everything is explaining something, so I need to pay close attention. She is so fed up with her with her roommate situation. Her roommate is always just like banging guys in the dorm all the time. She's always locked out of the dorm. Um, it's also revealed in her conversation with Mrs. Ullman that she, yeah. this is her sophomore year so she has dealt with her shitty roommate for like a whole year yeah and she is just fed up with it you know she's fed up to the point where she'll go into the you know bathroom at the college and just turn on the faucets and just sit in there in the stall and cry yeah um I think it's really interesting too that whenever this movie starts the movie starts and it is her in the house that she is wanting to rent right
1: yeah yeah she's talking to
0: the the landlady yeah yeah, D. Wallace from Cujo and many mm-hmm. other movies. So the movie starts off with our main character basically in her destination. It's showing you what all of this is for, and it's just basically a house. It's just an apartment. Uh, and actually, you know what? It is a little confusing. Is she renting an apartment? Because when she comes out, it's like a full house. Is she renting a room in a house? Is she renting an apartment? I, I can't figure it out because when she's on the phone with Megan later, she's yeah. like, "Oh, it's got a dining room and this hallway yeah. and yada yada," as if she's renting the whole house. Um, I don't know. Uh,
1: maybe it has a second floor that is a second apartment.
0: Yeah, maybe. I just I like know, that yeah. the movie. I like that the movie starts off with the goal. It's like it is showing you this is what this entire movie is for. This is why she's doing the things that she's doing this whole time is so that she can be here
1: yeah and if that's the case it's a it's a really strong critique of capitalism uh yeah you put yourself so. in the, in this level of danger f- for what <laughs> to rent a house right. like exactly. you don't even get to own it <laughs> <You're>
0: <laughs> i like too how they develop the character of samantha as being a a germaphobe which is something that again i didn't really notice super yeah. hardcore until this they really developed that very well even to the point of where like did you notice whenever she's dialing the number for the babysitting job on the payphone, she dials it with her knuckles. She doesn't use her fingertips.
1: Really? I That's did not good notice touch, that. a touch, isn't
0: it? Huh. Yeah. It's, just, it's a little stuff like that. Because payphones that makes her... are
1: disgusting.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Also, too, yo, shout out to payphones. You've got a great payphone series on your Instagram uh, yeah. page. Yeah.
1: That uh, cracks me up, man. Every, uh, every time I see a payphone in LA, um, and by the way, uh, anybody who doesn't live in L.A. would be like, so that's like every once in a while, maybe. Uh, no, there are pay phones every block, and almost all of them are smashed <laughs> to hell. Wow. <laughs> so that's like, crazy. But there are a few that are like pristine, that have like the phone book attached and stuff. It's mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Uh, it's like going back in time, coming to L.A. I enjoy your relic
0: photos of those. I think that's a that's a really cool idea. <laughs> so she's a total germaphobe, and it, it's even manifested too. And I, I've seen a lot of reviews of this movie that critique stuff like this. But you know the scene where her and Megan are in the pizza place and yeah. they're sitting down there having a piece of pizza, and, and Samantha's talking about how bad she wants this apartment and all this stuff. Well, Samantha hadn't even touched her pizza yet. Megan takes a bite of hers, and she's like, "This pizza tastes nasty today." Yeah. After sh- after Megan says that Samantha doesn't even touch her pizza, yeah, and it's because being a germaphobe, you know, having her friend kind of like stick her toe yeah. in the water and say, "Oh, this tastes weird," as a germaphobe, she wouldn't eat it after that,
1: huh?
0: I've seen a bunch of people be like, "Oh, if she, you know, yeah, if she's so broke, how come she's buying pizza and not paying for it?" It's because she's a fucking germaphobe, yeah. which also makes it, I think, all the all the more fucked up. You know what happens to her later in the movie in terms of her body being invaded. It makes it even more just excruciating.
1: It also makes sense when she tastes the pizza later, which yeah. is drugged. She tastes the pizza, and I guess it tastes a little off. So she's like, she just gives up on it immediately. She's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, it is just bad today. But yeah. that that pizza is drugged because she eats a little bit of it and then uh, not too long after that faints
0: uh yeah she even puts toilet paper down on the old commode seat that's true she she don't like no germs none no Um, she ain't about it man there's a lot
1: going on here with like some horror tropes of like the babysitter and being in this large house it's uh it's it's there's so much wood so it's creaky and it's it's not it's empty. It's isolated. It's yeah. out in the middle
0: of nowhere.
1: Yeah, it's not empty but it feels empty. Like, even though there's stuff in there, like, there's just, just this feeling that comes from each shot that there's there's not a lot going on in here. And that is scary. Like, being in a large house by yourself is scary. It's already creaky. There's somebody upstairs you don't even know about. Like, you haven't even... I mean, you know about them but you haven't seen them. You don't know, no. like, what's going on with them. Uh, Mm-mm. so the, and yeah, she's out in the middle of nowhere. There's this automatic
0: sort of terror to it. Yeah, I, I, I dig it, man. And that's, again, one of my favorite things in a horror movie is a sense of claustrophobia, a sense of being separated from the rest of humanity. Like, I think that movies like The Shining and The Thing mm-hmm. and, uh, even The Apartment and Rosemary's Baby, it just feels so stifling and claustrophobic. Yeah. Um, I love that effect in a horror movie. I love the effect of feeling like help is nowhere in sight if you need it, nobody's even remotely going to come and save you, you know? Yeah.
1: And it calls to question the the safety of a house. Like Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: definitely yeah. so. You know, even even the one the one person that could possibly save her during this babysitting adventure, her friend Megan that drops her off yeah. at the at the place, you know, Even that is eliminated instantly. Yeah. Because Megan goes out. I I love it, man. Now, again, this is one of those things that, like, a lot of times before we do these these podcasts, I go and I read a bunch of reviews on IMDb and stuff like that. Uh I watch YouTube videos of people reviewing it. And a bunch of people are just like, man, that's so fucking stupid. Megan goes and she pulls her car off on the side of the road at that graveyard to light a cigarette, and they don't. They don't fucking understand that. It, and Megan was just being a good friend. Like, you saw that graveyard on the Megan's way to the house. Megan's a great
1: friend, yeah.
0: Yeah, she is. You saw the graveyard on the way to the house. You know that it's just outside of the property of the house that the babysitting is going on at. And she pulls over there, I think, and she's just going to, like, basically wait until 1230. I think she said it's going to be, like, four hours or something like that. yeah. Because she wants to be able to be right there to come pick her up and be there close just in case something was to happen and just basically just pull her car over in this graveyard and wait until 1230 to when she could just go right there and get her if she needed to. And that's when we get, um, damn it, what's the son's name? Vincent? Victor? Victor. Victor. They all have V names, which is confusing.
1: Yes, it is. I, I don't know what that would indicate
0: yeah she's sitting there in her car and she rolls the window down to light up a cigarette and she can't get a lighter spark and this hand just juts in the window and scares the fucking shit out of her
1: creeping and
0: like what the fuck are you doing by the way sticking your hand at somebody's window man and they have like a brief little conversation and they reach some some point where he's like oh you're not the babysitter and she's like yeah no i'm not the babysitter that's my friend and then as soon as she gets that word out he just blows her fucking head off. Yeah. Great effect, by the way. It, dude, it is one of the biggest, like, just pull the rug out from under you moments I yeah. think I've I've had in any horror movie in recent yeah. um, memory, really. Just her getting just nuked right there on the spot, just so suddenly from this guy that you don't even know. And I love, too, that after he blows her head off and her brain just splatters all over the windshield... The car starts to roll because she had her foot on yeah. the brake, and then her yeah. body just let go. And
1: he has to run and catch it. And he also takes the cigarette that she just lit out of her hand and, and starts smoking it. So,
0: um, he does it so cold. I get the impression that ain't the first time he's killed yeah. somebody.
1: Yeah, and and we also get the impression here, if it's the first time you're watching, like, oh, this is what's happening. Then this guy is a killer, and he's gonna try to kill her in that house. Um, yeah. And there's so many, because then after that, she's basically just walking through the house, and we get so many shots of her through the
0: windows. like I love it. Yeah, peeping Tom shots. Like, you're looking, watching her.
1: And there's also, uh, she she orders a pizza, as um, Tom Noonan kept saying, uh, yeah. pizza on
0: the refrigerator. He keeps mentioning it. Yeah, uh, he's like, I left you extra money. I know you college kids love pizza. Did I mention pizza? Be sure to order pizza from this number. Yeah
1: she she orders the pizza and then we almost get like a real time waiting because she orders the pizza pretty early and then it's not until about an hour and and five in that we get the pizza so there's like this almost like 30 minute waiting time where she's just
0: exploring the house uh there are noises upstairs etc Let me tell you about that waiting time there, Steve. There is a period in this movie where, I'll tell you what, man, that intro to WALL-E can suck a dick because there are about 20... Man, I think it's like 28 minutes in this movie with no dialogue. Wow. No dialogue. It's just her in the house, and there is no spoken dialogue for like half an hour in the middle of this fucking movie
1: she plays it so well. I mean, it's all on her shoulders. She does the thing. She goes in the office and puts on the Coke bottle glasses, which is yeah. uh, like a cute, cute maneuver. Uh, she, she's dancing to the fix. I love
0: that. Also. I love that song.
1: Yeah, that's a great song. And also like just the, the dancing scene, she accidentally breaks a vase. Um, and then like all that happens. And then she, she, gets upstairs she breaks the vase she opens a closet and sees that there are furs in there now earlier yeah um miss olman said vivian she said that she was downstairs in the basement getting the furs so she immediately sees these furs and she's like wait she said she had to go downstairs to get the furs and then uh, below the furs, she finds these family pictures in a garbage bag. In a garbage bag. And there are pictures of not the family she saw in front of the house and the car
0: she saw when they pulled up. And I saw a bunch of reviews of people that were just like royally confused about this. They were like, I didn't understand the photos. That didn't look anything like the almonds. And it's like, you fucking stupid That's people. the point. It's yeah, not the almonds. <laughs> They're not the almonds. It's like the almonds killed the people that were living in that house.
1: Well, yeah, and, and if there's any doubt to that, she goes up to a door and we get to see what's on the other side of the door, which is the the the, the people that lived in the house, if they were the almonds slaughtered. The mother and father are just slaughtered off to the side and the son is slaughtered and, and laid out inside of a pentagram.
0: I I love that shot, dude. That's the point yeah. where, like... Well, I mean, I knew this movie had its claws out whenever Megan got her head blown off. Yeah. But whenever it got to that part, and that's actually... That's not too long after she gets to the house. Chronologically, that's actually somewhat early in the movie. Yeah, she's wandering around upstairs, and she almost goes to open that door, but then she doesn't. And the camera... It's kind of cool. The camera shows us what she's not seeing. Yeah. Which is, like you said, panning past the door frame, and we see the the victims of this evil ritual and stuff yeah dead inside of there that's that's when like this movie really captured my mind and my imagination because i was like oh my god this movie really is going straight to satanic ritual so many movies man they dance around it and they'll play it off as something else it's like oh they're they're a member of some demon cult you know what i mean like some oh, they worship this ancient Babylonian God or whatever. No, this movie is just like straight up Satan, pentagrams, goat's heads. Like it's Mm -hmm. a satanic cult. So many movies don't go that on the nose with the subject matter. And I was like, fuck yes, this movie is metal. And I've seen some critiques that that reveal was placed too early in the movie, that it shows these people that have been murdered in the house as part of a satanic ritual. As being too early in the movie, I completely disagree with that. Yeah. I love it because it instills in you, the viewer, the sense of danger and the sense of pure evil mm-hmm. that Samantha is in the presence of and she doesn't fucking know it, but you know it. Yeah. And the whole it builds such a level of suspense because the whole movie, you're like, God damn girl, you are in danger. Like there are corpses there's a child's corpse and a pentagram in this house right now and you don't know it but you the viewer do know it i mean my god dude how often do you see a dead child in in a fucking pentagram in a movie this movie goes there
1: not i mean not as often as you'd like i think (laughs) uh the she also she she ventures up toward the attic which um, she hears some noise sort of but as she's walking up toward the attic the doorbell rings Yeah, it is the pizza guy but it's not the pizza guy <laughs> it's the guy who shot her friend in the face
0: right. um, the son so he, of the family
1: he gives her the pizza and she she's at this point she's already freaked out she has a knife she sort of just she grabs the pizza throws the money at him and just sort of like ca- curls up in a ball for a bit
0: but I gotta tell I gotta tell you she should be tried for crimes against pizza for holding that pizza box up. That is like true. That. What like what are you doing? Why would you do that to a perfectly good pizza?
1: Though when she does open the pizza, it is like a bright orange-ish. So yeah. I'm not sure that's a good pizza. It doesn't look like a fresh pizza. No. no. Um, so she she does have a slice or a part of the pizza, um, and then she hears. Uh-oh. She and you us. know what
0: we we forgot to mention this whole time too is the entire time everywhere she goes whether it's the pizza place with Meg at the first of the movie or every time she turns on the news and even while she's eating the pizza oh, she yeah. turns on the news and there is all this talk about this major eclipse that's going on that night that's that's a really critical part of this movie is that that's why the almonds needed a babysitter is it was really yeah. important that they were out to see the eclipse that night mm-hmm. um yeah, there's a huge amount of significance placed on that throughout the we whole. We get movie. some
1: good shots of like a, a deep red moon, which is like you know uh, leading up to the eclipse, and then we we get to see the moon sort of get eclipsed, uh, and so so this is perfect time for a satanic ritual because the the lights of God's rays from the sun are not shining on the planet. Blah blah blah. Uh, it's like it. it it, it's just playing out throughout. We see like newscasters
0: talking about it, etc. Earlier, Mr. Ullman says that that house is in the perfect ge- geographic location to witness the eclipse, too. Yeah. Which clue, clues you in as to why they killed the family. Yeah. Now, and, and again, this is another critique of the movie that I saw a bunch of that I think people just missed the point. But I saw all these people that were like, now why was that kid laid out in a pentagram? You know, as far as like their ultimate plan, did it not work when they killed that kid or whatever? I just think that they had to kill that family to take control of that house because that house is in such a perfect geographic location. Right. And they killed that family as a sacrifice to Satan. I mean, it's almost like, uh, it's like when people are like, we should let
1: Nazis speak. Like, <laughs> you know, when you're talking about Satanists, they don't need like like in in the the horror film realm, they don't need a a reason to kill necessarily. No. Like, Mm-mm. if we're talking about a horror film, they don't need a reason to kill. And uh, in we're talking about reality, there's no reason to listen to Nazis. So, uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> nothing like, good will come of this.
1: Yeah, nothing good will come of it. So she she eats a piece of pizza, but she hears the sound upstairs. She goes to check on it again, like she goes into a bathroom and there's like a bunch of black hair in it. Now that I don't understand. Do you have
0: an explanation for that?
1: I I think so. Vivian uh later when uh she she takes off her wig and yeah. her hair is all like falling out and stuff. So like maybe that's gray. what happened. It's not even black. Yeah, I'm not positive
0: on that. I I'm not really sure what that might mean. I think it means that Mr. Alman, in preparation for the ritual, shaved his pubes. Yeah,
1: he shaved his pubes. <laughs> he's six foot he, five. He's got some. He's probably got some pubes. He's got to be slick for the Dark Lord. <laughs> I think that's what that means. I think. Uh, listen, I, I, I believe I've read that the Dark Lord hates pubes. So,
0: yeah, yeah. He's he can't have none of that. He wants them them hardwood floors and. <laughs> It's about then that the, the, the she realizes that the pizza well, I guess we the viewer get the idea that the pizza was uh was drugged, it had some sort of intoxicating knockout substance in there. Mm-hmm. And she even like stops eating it and like then goes and washes her mouth out and all this kind of stuff. Do you think um, this is where Pizza Gate comes from? I think so. I think this was just really like a mess kinda like how The Matrix was a message that all reality is a computer program.
1: Yeah. This is a message that Hillary Clinton is, is selling child slaves uh mm-hmm. in the basement yep. of a pizza place in Washington DC.
0: I mean it's it's right there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Lock her up. <laughs> Maga <My God. laughs> And so yeah, she uh she starts kind of like experiencing some weird uh kind of hallucinations and days and off and stuff like this and she tries going upstairs, right? Because she hears yeah. the noises and so on and she tries to pull that that chain on that light and it, it it shorts everything. Yeah, it shorts the power. Yeah. And she she falls down to the bottom of the stairs and she passes out and then all fucking hell breaks loose. You got you to gotta remember this is probably at this point an hour and 10 or an hour and 15 into yeah. a movie that has been
1: there are only like 15 minutes left.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the whole movie has been really quiet. It has been nearly devoid of soundtrack, other than her dancing around to the fix and listening to Greg Ken in the car earlier. Um, It's been a very quiet, a very still, very suspenseful movie where, again, you know that she's in danger. She does not know she's in danger, really. She has suspicions towards the end there, but she doesn't know the extent of how fucked up the situation she's in is and then i mean shit just comes unglued and i love the fashion in which it does it because actually i mean really some of these scenes where it's introducing us to the satanic ritual scene there at the very end of the movie um they aren't necessarily super 80s are they So it kind of like blows your mind even more when it hits, because everything so far has been so distinctively late 70s, early 80s in terms of the film style, cinematography and so on. But then whenever this shit happens, after she passes out, after she sees, you know, shadows under that doorway in the attic and shit, um, there's like a heartbeat sound and you see the blood red eclipse moon. Yeah really deep cool with shot. the heartbeat. Oh, it's so cool. And then she wakes up screaming bloody murder in a white robe in the middle of a pentagram surrounded by the hooded figures of Mr. and Mrs. Allman and their son. And then out comes Mother, who we've not seen the whole movie yet, yeah. but looks like she looks like you took like a like a like a shrunken apple core and carved a face into it.
1: Yeah, she looks like uh one of the creatures from Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, she's it, yeah. she's got like almost an Eric Stoltz mask look. Um, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and there's this uh, ritual that occurs, basically involving blood, and then uh, and a goat's and, and this, head, and a goat's a goat skull, and this really cool mouthful of blood pouring from a goat skull, a goat skull scene. Um,
0: that... Which is y- even worse knowing that she's a germaphobe. Having this... Yes! Because it's, it's the blood of the mother. Like, she she cuts her wrist and puts her own blood in this goat skull and feeds it to Samantha. So gross. And it's like, dude, knowing that she's a germaphobe, you, you sympathize with her so hard, and you're like, this is fucking disgusting. That Man, would taste... Get away from this.
1: That would taste like 14 cents worth of pennies, I bet. Just oh. <laughs> so coppery. Um... <laughs> So, but while this is happening, she's also, like, loosening herself from the, the restraints, and she escapes.
0: And, you know, I know that that's kind of one of those, you know, kind of tropes that she, oh, she breaks free of the bonds. um, and, and it kind of is. I mean, really, uh, apparently Satanists are not uh, good knot tires. None of them went to Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. None of them were sailors. No, Yeah.
1: Have you ever heard, yeah, have you ever heard of the church of satan's boy scout brigade no
0: no i haven't mormons so. <laughs> are your boy scout people yeah <laughs> so satanists don't know shit about tying a good knot because she just loosens straight out of them. but honestly and th- there's a lot of these things that i will account to the fact that i think that they anticipated her to eat more than one bite of this tainted pizza
1: yeah they expected her to be more drugged
0: Yeah, I don't think that she was supposed to be really conscious for any of this. I think the fact that she was even awake was a surprise to them. And this whole scene, too, and and, and again, dude, I just... Sometimes I get mad at people's critiques of movies if they're just totally off base because I see people's critiques of what she does as far as her you know, running by the gun, running to the attic or whatever, Mm -hmm. running to the basement while she's trying to escape from them and being like, oh, that's stupid. You know, nobody ever do that. It's like, dude, she is tripping balls this whole time. Yeah, she's drugged. She's drugged and she's also being, you know, uh, she's had fucking demons put inside of yeah. her and stuff it's like you have no idea what's going on inside of her head but it is not her normal state of consciousness
1: yeah the opening of that scene and in that scene entirely reminds me of the scene with uh, marilyn burns in texas chainsaw massacre where she wakes up tied to a chair in oh God, the, yeah. the dining room like um the 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 way that the the sound works and the music just blares and it's just this like dude the soundtrack comes in
0: yeah yeah that's a good way to put it the soundtrack comes in so hot when she wakes up and she's in that pentagram and i think another thing about that scene too especially when you see the mother you know come out to start the ritual and stuff is that there has been nothing in this movie so far that is supernatural or out of the ordinary or yeah. Yeah. is occultish or any, I mean, you know, you saw one person get killed so far and they were blown away by a gun. Well, you saw we that saw family the, the kid in
1: the pentagram, yeah.
0: Right, but it's not like they were killed by a Vodka or something like this. It's like were they everything not? seems, I mean, maybe they were. <laughs> she does kind of look like Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> Holy <really> shit. <laughs> what if this is
1: the beginning of Voldemort's return?
0: <laughs> but you know it's like nothing really that weird has happened um in the movie so far and then you see this supernatural crone yeah that looks freaky as fuck comes out and it's awesome too because she her, her makeup and stuff is all practical it's not a cgi fucking mask no it's it is, so good it looks fantastic yeah it looks like a really believable disgusting old crone and she comes out, dude, and she's pouring the blood, and she like paints the pentagram on her belly. Uh, yeah. And feeds her the blood and all this stuff. It's like, it really does blow your hair back because everything has been so normal in the movie so far. Yeah. And then it's like, this comes out, and, well, you know you know how at the first of the movie there was that, that message that said, you know 80% of people believed the satanic panic was real and all this stuff. And then this scene comes on and shows you no, dude, it's fucking real. It's real. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean that that is that's the interesting thing. If you look back to any witch trials or any like um, any trials where the Catholic Church was involved back in the day, yeah. um, the the accusations that would come up that that were unfounded accusations are accusations of the most vile things humanity can imagine right and and that's exactly what this stems from is the satanic panic where all the vilest things people could imagine were being uh, being believed to have happened and and so like as vile as you could try to get with uh, a horror movie, you could never get as vile as the accusations that came out during that time that right. uh, children were being subjected to to child sex abuse or even being involved in snuff films that babies were you know, being fucked and killed in 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 movies. like the the ideas that were coming out of that time are even worse than what happens in this movie. And to just show in this movie just the simplest ideas of a satanic ritual that would bring Satan back through uh, impregnating uh, a, a young woman uh, is is so insane, is so like out there that just seeing this, I think, he- would help anybody who believes, say, in Pizzagate, be like, okay, now that's a bit ridiculous. Like that's too out there. Like that's that can't. Like, I, I, I can't hold a thought in my head that that's real.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so during the ritual, she breaks free of her restraints and stuff there and kind of goes on just an all-out murder spree. She immediately so stabs great. Mr. Ullman with that athame, yeah. with that ceremonial knife, and she slaps the old crone away. And it it never explicitly shows that she kills her.
1: No, it doesn't. She gets shot in the shoulder in this. And that is so interesting to me because that is not a j- uh, like a normal affliction for a final girl in an 80s movie. To get shot?
0: Yeah, that's extremely hardcore. Yeah, usually yeah. you get the typical, oh, I tripped and, you know, uh, yeah. uh twisted my ankle or whatever, but But you know what? That and again, dude, this is another Stupid critique of this movie that I see is people like, oh, you know, the son had her at point blank range. He wasn't trying to kill her. No, of course, because if he she killed has her,
1: the demon baby in her.
0: Yes, duh. It's like I really feel like a lot of the criticisms of this movie are just completely stupid, man. <laughs> I, so he was going yeah, for a non-lethal shot. He was just right. trying to dis- he was just trying to disable her and stop her from moving around. So of course he wasn't going to blow her head off. Jeez. Yeah. And then she, she turns it on him. She damn thumbs his eye out and fucking stabs him. It cuts his throat and all this stuff, She too.
1: cuts his throat, which is bad ass. Because he, oh, he this is out. right after he shoots her in the shoulder. And then he comes over, I guess, to, like, have the gun on her, I guess, to take the knife away from her or whatever. And she just slices his throat. And uh, you have to understand he can't kill her. So it's not like no. he can, in revenge, shoot her for slicing his throat.
0: No. And and the thing is, too, is like, I am fully behind the notion that as she has just been touched by this supernatural, satanic power, Yeah, I have no idea what kind of powers are flowing through her body at this point, because as yeah. we see... She lifts up the the, robe, the white robe she's wearing, and she has all these crazy veins and stuff running through her belly. This pregnancy is accelerating at an extremely, extremely rapid rate. And again, she's tripping balls, and she's seeing all these visions of not... Okay, this is a cool thing, too. I don't know if you noticed this, but not only is she seeing all these snap, like, you know, one-frame visions of the old crone... There's yeah. also some other demon she's seeing. Did you notice that?
1: Yes, I did. Like, there's a bunch of those just flashes. Of, it looks like, like
0: damn... It's actually very remi- reminiscent of The Exorcist with those flashes of Pazuzu yes. and stuff. Uh-huh. It's very reminiscent.
1: Do you think it's possible that the House of the Devil is... Is, is it possible that this is just an origin story for Nightcrawler? That, in fact,
0: oh shit.
1: That that is Raven Darkholm there, and she has been impregnated by Azazel. And oh, my God. <laughs> I totally back it. <laughs> so, so in the end, Samantha is just mystique. She was trying to escape and just be like, I'm going to go to the middle of nowhere. I'm going to go to college, etc. <laughs> uh,
0: dude, I totally back it, 100%. Yes, that is what this movie is about. Right. <laughs> crack the code. You crack Boom. the code. There it is. Um, but, you know, it's like I see people being like, oh, you know, how does she suddenly get so strong to kill all these people? Yada yada. And it's like, dude, she has the son of Satan coursing through her body. Kind of all bets are off, aren't they? Yeah.
1: Also, there there's no threat. The moment that she's impregnated, there's no threat. None of those right. people care for their own lives.
0: Yeah. The mission's accomplished at that Mission point. Mission
1: accomplished. Yeah. Like... Um, what we do get is that Vivian is mad that she killed her son yeah a- and uh, she takes her uh, you know she sort of uh, has her in a situation where she could kill her but she's right. not going to she goes over to the window she takes off her wig and she says talk to me lord to the moon um, yeah so like and then she gets stabbed in the back she she doesn't try to defend herself the son doesn't try to get revenge for his throat being slashed and we see that tom noonan uh mr olman in the graveyard he offers himself up to
0: shoot yeah he just go ahead and kill me i don't care he does the arnold schwarzenegger predator kill me kill me
1: (laughs) yeah Yes. So if your critique has anything to do with the fact that the people don't want to kill her after they've impregnated her with the devil's baby, you might be a redneck.
0: <laughs> Is that it? No. Is that how those work? I don't understand. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> <laughs> if you think there's a reason why they should have been killing her after they impregnated her with the son of Satan, here's your sign. <laughs> <laughs> Just put all the redneck comics
1: on this. Hey, by the way, if we're talking about redneck comics, uh, check out Trey Crowder. Uh, good Oh. Cry. Yeah. The
0: liberal redneck.
1: Liberal redneck.
0: He's badass. Check A him out. A gigantic fan of that fella right there. Gigantic yep. fan. So, yeah, basically this chase goes on. She, she kills the son. She kills the wife. She doesn't kill the crone. We don't know about her. Yeah. And Tom Noonan, Mr. Ullman, um, chases her out to the graveyard which again shows you that graveyard is right there on the premises
1: yeah and he's bleeding to death he's not chasing her to kill her we see he pulls the knife out and he just blood starts gushing out so he's bleeding to death he's not chasing her to kill her he's chasing her to be like here's what's
0: up like yes
1: this is the situation now
0: and he's like it's already done you know you've been chosen just let this happen yada yada and yeah, offers to let her, you know, kill him because she's got the gun that she picked up off the sun and stuff. And then she, just in a complete twist, turns the gun on herself, holds the pistol up to his head, and Almond's like, "No!" And then she shoots herself in the fucking head.
1: Bad ass. She bad fucking badass. She is badass. Like she is so badass from the beginning. Like yeah. there, there's never a point where she is making bad choices.
0: <laughs> like she's she's got an interesting balance because like whenever you see her early in the movie with her with her I guess you could say her weakness in terms of like she seems homesick she seems upset about living in these dorms she seems like she's unhappy with life which well, you could mean, take yeah. as, as weakness but then at the same time you know it's like when she shows up to the house and Ullman's like yeah you're not babysitting you're taking care of my mom I'll give you double. She like, yeah, she's like she's like, ma- yeah, yeah she's like double my ass yeah Four hundred. she's like four hundred yeah which in eighties money is like damn a thousand yeah. bucks well
1: I mean it's we already know it is a, a month and a third rent for me
0: that's uh that's a lot of fucking money <laughs> like right yeah right definitely so man and so she she has a bit of softness and a bu- and a bit of hardness about her too where it's like she has weak qualities but she has enough strength to where she's like i'm gonna fix my life so i don't have to deal with that shit yeah i mean she's a 20 year old like
1: any 20 year old she she yeah she's got her issues etc but like she handles herself she's out to fix
0: them yeah she's out to (laughs) fix them um so so she blows her head off there in the cemetery and then the the end of the movie i think is one of the coolest endings of of just yeah. about any damn horror movie because we cut to a hospital where she's laid up in a bed and she's got bandages all over her head and one of her eyes is all bandaged over and stuff where she shot herself in the fucking head. And you know, the nurse that's working there, you hear the heart monitor beeping and all this kind of stuff. And the nurse is like, you know, don't worry, you got you know, you're gonna be fine. Um, and then she like touches her stomach and she's like, Both of you and yeah. then the fucking credits roll. Uh and we Bad also hear
1: ass we hear before that on the, the news that the eclipse just ended suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. So like the assumption is that the moment she shot herself, the eclipse ended. Okay. Uh, what
0: do you, what do you take of that? Because
1: I, I, first off that, I mean, it's impossible, but the eclipse itself is impossible. Cause they said earlier that it would be seen from every continent, except Antarctica. And that that would mean that for a brief period of time the earth and the moon just stopped revolving and the earth stayed i guess the earth kept revolving but like stayed in its position in front of the moon that would cause the eclipse for a, an entire 24-hour cycle like what an an, ecl- an eclipse
0: isn't even possible because the earth is just a disc dude oh shit you're right yeah, this is <laughs> oh, just NASA man.
1: tricks, man. Oh, man. Hey, I wonder what happens, uh, flat Earth people, if you just paid, I don't know, $30 for a weather balloon and $50 for a cheap camera and attached a weather dude. balloon to a camera, would you ever see a curvature of the Earth? God damn it. Just These go try fucking it. people. These just fucking go try it. Just
0: go try it. Just for once. Just it's fucking like, try it. Dude, if you were, dude, if, if you were the size of an atom and you were on a basketball. Would the yeah. basketball look fucking curved, you idiot? No. <laughs> You're so small, you can't see it.
1: Yeah. God.
0: These people... <laughs> okay. Just quick question. Sidetrack while we're here. Mm-hmm. Wh- while we're talking about this, how do you explain the rings around Saturn? They Is Earth the only flat planet amongst a bunch of other orbs because the rings around Saturn clearly show curvature, or do they just think that shit is fake?
1: I believe that those people live in an Elder Scrolls or uh, Game of Thrones planet where (laughs) the earth is obviously flat and they're just like holes in the sky that allow uh, light to get through. Like, they don't really believe planets exist,
0: so... I'm telling you, dude, I'm gonna tell you, again, way off track here, but what I think about this whole fucking flat earth bullshit that's been propagated around social media and stuff, I really think there is some long table of shady gray-haired white men somewhere that are controlling everything right they're just getting you to
1: question every fact you've ever known
0: it's a control experiment it's them going what if we just put out the most preposterous stupid been proven wrong a million times over ancient Uh dumb caveman retarded shit and if people will believe it we'll run donald trump as our president I mean, dude, that's what I'm saying. It's like, let's go ahead and put this out there and tell people it's conspiracy and not to trust the man and they shouldn't trust the man and yada, Uh, yada. And the the truth is being hidden from them. And let's just see if they believe it to see how far we can control them. Because seriously, dude, (laughs) if people can convince you of stuff that even the fucking ancient Greeks knew was wrong, the fucking Greeks knew the world was round, dude.
1: Yes, People have known the world's around for a long fucking time.
0: It, yes. it wasn't it wasn't a recent discovery. And if people on top of this chain can introduce me uh, ideas through social media to convince you to believe in stuff that's that fucking dumb, yeah. what the fuck else can they make you believe? Literally anything, dude. Anything. Yes. It's a control yeah. experiment. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's working is the scariest part.
1: Yes, the scariest fucking part is it worked. It worked oh my God, dude. so
0: well. Uh, well, you know
1: what? We always forget this. Actually, it didn't work. Three million more people voted for Hillary Clinton than voted for Trump. Uh, <laughs> people don't approve of Trump. People hate Trump. We yeah. always forget that. And you know what? That's a part of their fucking stupid idea is that if we get people to believe other people are that goddamn dumb, we'll always be fighting each other. And if we're that's, fighting that's each other, it. if we're fighting each other, we're not paying attention to the fact that while uh, Comey was testifying, they were also uh, passing laws to get rid of banking regulations. Oh,
0: exactly. So they can just fuck yeah. us over without yeah. any so sort of e- penalty. even if yeah. you're
1: trying to pay attention to what's really going on. They've always got you looking the wrong way.
0: <laughs> and now this has come this has come full circle into being. Uh, last podcast on the left, dead and lovely style. <laughs> ha ha! <laughs> Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> He's but, on fire. I mean, <laughs> but for but for real, Flat Earth people. You're fucking retarded. Yeah, you
1: are. Um, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love though that the, the, the way that that the way that that ends with just you'll be okay, both of you. It is just so. Yeah, ominous, dude, and I, I, I hope to God that they never make a sequel to this. Please, God, do not let them make a yeah. sequel to this, well. because the ambiguity of that ending i'm so stoked about i love the fact that like you're like is almond still alive is the crone yeah. still alive
1: we're just not we're not in sequel range anymore this is the thing that i love about covering movies god like, damn
0: tell it to fucking independence day
1: yeah well i know but like movies covering <laughs> movies like the witch covering movies like uh house of the devil innkeepers covering movies like uh lucky mckee's the woman or may these are all indie horror movies this movie's budget was nine hundred thousand dollars it made a hundred and one thousand dollars in the box office this movie was yeah this movie was never made to be in movie theaters it was made to be sold to netflix to hulu to shutter to streaming services this movie was made for constant streaming it's it is an evergreen product it is something that you can look back on 20 years from now and still watch and say that's good. Um, yep. So like it, it's a new model of horror movie that I love. I love these new horror movies that are these real low budget affairs. They're they're made by real horror movie lovers, people who really know what they're doing. and oh yeah. Everybody in them is is past that point where they think like oh, I'm acting in a horror movie like oh Where's my career gonna go like uh, you have so many great? horror movie actors now people who are Veterans who have been doing it forever and have realized like this is a legitimate career This isn't something I need to be ashamed of this is something you need to go in wholeheartedly and just fucking be a great horror movie actor and um and so we're getting a lot of this now and and we're gonna keep covering these great indie horror movies that have been coming
0: out in the past you know 15 years well but that's you know what that's nothing new like all of the great all of the great horror movies well with few exceptions like the shining and stuff like that have come from the independent scene i mean the first halloween texas chainsaw yeah exactly uh, even modern ones like Blair Witch or Paranormal Activity. Yeah. Or Saw, which not that those are the best, but they made waves and those were independent movies.
1: Yes. And and um in studios I think now like they realize that they can go back to the well, they can go back to like um certain ideas in certain movies, they can remake things. But the House of the Devil is never going to be one of those movies that they're going to be like. If we made a sequel to that, we it would be gangbusters. Like, it's always going to be a movie that makes makes money over time. It continues right. to bring money in, but it, it was never meant to be a blockbuster. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like a great metal record or something like that.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I I I really fucking love this movie. I love how. You can tell that it was made with such a respect and such a reverence for that era and that style of horror movie. Again, it is not a pastiche. It is not an over-exaggeration of 80s no. horror decadence. Like, okay, there's no. not even bo- there's not even boobs in this movie.
1: No, not at all. Yeah, there's nothing of that sort. It is... It no. is... it is. It it is. Uh, I mean, it, it's like if Ty West had been born early enough this is a movie that just would have happened in the 80s like it would have been like black christmas or something like that where it'd be a movie that occurred everybody looks at it and thinks that is amazing
0: it inspires a
1: bunch of other movies like yeah that's what this is
0: you could have seen this in a double feature with black christmas or texas chainsaw massacre yeah. Or any any of those movies from that time period, and you would not know that you were watching a movie from fucking 2009.
1: As far as likes and dislikes with this movie, it's hard to come up with dislikes. Uh, do you have any dislikes of this movie, Ben?
0: Some of The Sun's acting is maybe a little too squirrely hmm. for me. Okay. But it's just barely. Yeah. Like, the scenes where he's standing around the pentagram at the very end of the movie, and he's kind of looking like... <laughs> yeah. Like, it's almost just a little too... But, but it's never, it never quite gets there. But you could tell he was almost thinking of taking it there. Um, He could have underplayed himself. Because it's such an understated movie. He could have underplayed himself just a little bit. Um... I can't really think of much else. I know that some people have a problem with the pacing. I totally don't. I love the fact that I know... I mean, hell, dude. Like, even the title of the movie, The House of the Devil, you know she's in danger the whole time. If you're bored watching this movie, you haven't paid attention to the fact that she is in fucking danger. And you know it, and she doesn't know it the whole time. I I
1: would say the title to a a movie uh, is like the instructions at the top of a test. Just just read it. <laughs> and then yeah. go
0: through the test. Like yeah. don't don't skip the instructions. Yeah, that should inform you. I suppose that maybe while she was in the house by herself, maybe there even could have been a few more little bumps of like her getting suspicions that she was in some sort of a shady situation. You know, like maybe if she found like a drip of blood on the carpet somewhere or just something that belonged to one of the original family members that would not have belonged to the almonds but i don't really know how you would weave that in because the almonds are really just an unknown presence through the whole movie so i don't really know how you would do that other than again something super obvious like finding blood or finding the the killed family or or anything like that so but i mean frankly even after watching this movie a 100 times I'm very, very stoked about the pacing of the movie. I think that it's fucking great. So I can't really think of a whole lot of dislikes. What are your likes about the movie? Things that really stand out to you?
1: Um, gosh, it's great. One of the things we haven't mentioned so far is that um, uh, whenever uh, Vincent shows back up at the house and he's, he's um, I guess this is right, right after she gets drugged, he puts Megan's corpse in the hall next to the the oh, phone man, yeah and there are, there are a couple different shots where both he and she are sliding on her blood there's so much blood
0: um, that's fucking gross yeah and that, and that does lead to a huge uh discrepancy sometimes samantha's white robe is completely red yeah. in a few shots and then other ones it's kind of splattered red that's pretty big discrepancy but common of films of that era so it's like i'll even give that a pass yeah i mean i think
1: i think that's it it is the refuge now of of horror movies to set your movie in the 70s or 80s because the primary thing that kills horror movies is cell phones like right the moment a cell phone exists it's like well what why is this happening call somebody (laughs)
0: now that brings me to one one of two alternate endings that I have for this movie. Okay. One ending would be that after she shoots herself in the cemetery, police show up and the police are in completely modern cars, and basically you find out that it actually is like 2009. <laughs> basically those two girls died because they were fucking hipsters that wanted all this old school 80s technology and like didn't want cell phones they're like why the fuck didn't they have cell phones and this one cop's like well she had a goddamn walkman on her it's like they're these hipster trash that don't want nothing new this is what they fucking get
1: and then you see a delorean parked across the street
0: Well, because even the son looks like a damn Silver Lake hipster today. He does. Wearing his flannel and his beard. He's probably got damn beard oil and all kinds. He's vaping all kinds Mm -hmm. of
1: stuff. Yeah. He probably goes to Vape Goat in Highland Park.
0: (laughs) I like the idea, though, that they're just hipsters that are shutting down modern technology, and that's why they get killed.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's a good ending. Yeah. Um, Okay. So... It's hard it's hard to not say this is like a perfect 10 movie. Yeah. Um and, and that, I mean that that's a conceit of the movie is that like if the acting's bad or if anything's bad it's like it's still like an homage to the 80s. So it's hard not to call it a 10 but I I, I I can only give it a 9 cuz I I feel like despite the fact that there's a great build up of tension I don't actually end up very scared in this movie.
0: I love what happens. Yeah. But
1: none of it sticks with me.
0: I see what you mean. I can I can buy that, man. I I love it. I think that um you know, we've been talking the whole time about how it's very, very 80s, but you know what? Honestly, in terms of a lot of the tone and the pacing and the the suspense and the just sort of waiting for shit to hit the fan, you know, honestly, it more resembles classic Hitchcock than anything. Yeah, that's true. Like, people that watch this movie and they're like, oh, you know, nothing happens. I'm like an hour into this movie and nothing's fucking happened. It's like, dude, go watch Psycho. Tell me how much action <laughs> there is in that movie. But the point isn't the action. It's how unnerved you are waiting for shit to happen. To me, this this movie is very much Hitchcock channeled through the lens of an 80s 16 millimeter horror movie. Um, and as I mentioned on previous podcasts, I was totally not allowed to watch scary movies as a kid growing up. But I was allowed to watch Hitchcock. So I grew up watching... Uh, you know, The Birds and Vertigo and... Um, North I'd by Northwest. Psycho, North by Northwest and Rope, which is one of my favorites. Rope is fucking awesome. And so maybe that's where I kind of got a taste for some of these more slow burn kind of movies. Um And this very much reminds me of a Hitchcockian uh sort of flick in terms of the pacing and how much action per waiting ratio there is in this movie. I would probably... I would probably go, yeah, like nine or nine and a half out of ten. I really, really, really do enjoy this movie. It's one that I will watch with anybody anytime. It's a perfect Halloween movie to put on. Um and it's really just fun too to like watch it with people that don't know anything about it and then, you know, afterwards it'll be like, Oh yeah, this is made in two thousand nine and they won't believe you. They yeah, just won't yeah. believe you. It's so eighties. Yeah. It's perfect. I really, really enjoy it. Now let me ask you a question. This is a new thing I want to spring on you. Oh, no. Um, that I want to I start doing on our reviews. What yes, I change? have
1: been a member of the Communist Party. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got blackballed in Hollywood just now. Outed. <laughs> so, if you could change anything about this movie, what would it be?
1: Oh, wow. What would you change um,
0: about it? Do you want me to hit you with? I've got two. Yes, please. All right. For one, whenever those title credits roll, I wish that it was playing the song Genesis by Ghost off of the Opus Eponymous record, which is an instrumental track. It's the last song on the record. Uh huh. And it has this really like epic, kind of ominous, harrowing, like you kind of feel like it's the start of something, even though it's the last track on the record. Yeah. Kind of feel. Which I think would be perfect considering she's been, you know, impregnated with apparently the Antichrist. Right. That's my first thing that I would change. You want to know my second? Yeah, let's hear it. (laughs) I... Okay. So, imagine. Imagine, if you will, this movie is 100% just like it is, right? Uh Uh-huh. Up until the scene where Ullman is chasing her through the graveyard. So she's already had the ritual performed on her. Yeah. Uh, she's killed the family. She's running away, tripping balls, all this stuff, right? Uh-huh. And so Ullman is chasing her through the graveyard. She's got the gun. And he's like, no, 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 don't do anything crazy. You, you've you been chosen. You know, you're, you're carrying this precious vessel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then what she does <laughs> is... She lifts up her robe and pulls down her drawers, and you see that she has a dick, and she goes, I'm not pregnant, I'm a motherfucking guy, how dare, how dare you assume my gender, Oh Fuck motherfucker. you, suck my dick, I'm not pregnant, and then she blows his head off. <laughs>
1: Boom, bitch, <laughs> get out the way,
0: yeah. <laughs> um give it the sleepaway camp camp yeah ending. sleepaway camp it okay and it, but it's also partially a social justice don't assume my dr- my gender ending yeah i think <laughs> the
1: one thing you might i might change is that maybe at the end instead of saying both of you uh and touching her stomach she says both of you and she has a baby
0: like the baby's yeah. already born Oh okay. Maybe. I mean, what if she said all nine of you and she octomom her, <laughs> <laughs> and you go what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Then she woke up and she was like, "I'm gonna do a porn."
0: Oh god, that's the sequel to this movie. Is the is, octomom yeah, porn? Is
1: yeah. Is James Dean <laughs> and the octomom? Oh god, <laughs>
0: that's a prequel.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I really, really, really do enjoy this movie. It is. Uh, it is it is a great flick, man. Really enjoyed it. And it, it's a fun watch. Fun to talk to. I love that it's all about Satan. I love that it's slow. Um, Really, really dig it. Can't recommend it enough. If you think that... I'll, I'll, although, I will say, man, it's one of those ones that, like, I can understand when people don't like it. Um, If your idea of horror is being grossed out by ridiculous amounts of gore and torture, or if your idea of horror is a bunch of jump scares and soundtrack stabs and flashing lights or whatever this is not for you um go watch you know whatever the newest installment of saw is or whatever
1: sinister go watch sinister. yeah
0: yeah exactly exactly that's more your speed but if you like classic flicks if you like The Shining if you like uh, Don't Look Now if you like Rosemary's Baby if you like The Omen if you like Psycho this is for you yeah well you know what you know what just occurred to me steve what it was i don't know what movie we're doing next
1: oh no what air shall we do
0: <laughs> we had talked about doing a, a good old old school classic like perhaps maybe a john carpenter's halloween
1: i'm with that let's do that you yeah, it? yeah, I love John Carpenter. You would, yeah. nev- you wouldn't have to convince. Like seriously, if I was on my deathbed and my my children and grandchildren were gathered around me, I don't have either of those yet, but they're all gathered around me and they all want to hear the last thing I have to say. And right as I open my mouth, I'm about to say something, and somebody said, "What about John Carpenter's The Thing?" I'd be like, "Let's talk about it." Yeah, t- yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. That was great. Uh, and then I would die. Um, so, yeah, John Carpenter's Halloween,
0: one of my favorites. So, Me yes, too. I love absolutely. it, man. So maybe we do that next time. Well, in the meantime, Steve, where can they find us on them social medias?
1: Well, you can always email us, deadandlovelypod at com or as most people find us on the instagrams uh or twitter at dead lovely pod we also have a facebook group um and i believe i'm not sure what all these people outside of my apartment are doing but they have a lot of signs that say we love ben and steve etc i don't know is it maybe you can join
0: them just show up yeah I would urge you guys to write us an iTunes review. It helps us show up on the charts and searches a whole lot better if you do. So please go on iTunes and uh, give us a good review. Even if your review is just saying, great, that makes a huge difference and helps us show up. So do use G-rated language. They won't post reviews that have bad words and stuff. So be nice about it. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ben Eller Guitars. Where can they find you, Steve?
1: Uh, at Steven Spratling That's Stephen with a V The only way to spell it mm,
0: mm, mm, mm. Well in the meantime We will see you guys next week And we'll talk about a little bit of Halloween You guys have been Absolutely lovely And we have been Dead, dead. <laughs> Bye now